I am Amanda Hansen, and welcome to the Women Disrupted podcast. I like to use the word disruption to describe a change that displaces or replaces the status quo. In this podcast, I hope you'll be able to disrupt your thoughts, beliefs, and maybe even your life. I believe that disruption is good, even when it is hard. I will share tidbits of how myself and others have handled disruption, whether we have chosen it or the universe chose it for us. There will be debates on hot topics and stories of women who choose disruption to change their lives and the lives of others. Are you ready for a little disruption? Enjoy the ride. Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda Hansen, and welcome to the Women Disrupted podcast. Now, before I dive into this episode, which is titled my midlife crisis, my way. (laughs) I thought I would tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I am 40 years old. I just turned 40 last year. I have two children. I have one son in college. It's his first year of film studies. And I have an eight-year-old daughter who's in grade two. So yeah, I have 11 years apart between my children. Yes, I'm a crazy person. I think I added up the total of the amount of time that I will have a child in my house totals like 30 years where most sane people, no, I'm just joking. There is no normal anymore. <laughs> but a lot of people decide to have, you know, the children back to back so that their children aren't around forever. But I guess um, I like having my children around. Some days I question what the hell did I do? And the other days, I am so thankful, so thankful and blessed to have two beautiful children in my life. And there's a few things that started off my midlife crisis. And one of them was my son leaving for college. But more on that in a little bit. Uh, So back to myself for a little bit. I don't want to ramble too much, but I uh, started my own business in 2017 and I'm a personal stylist and I will dive a little bit more probably into that because again that was one other thing that was leading up to my midlife crisis. Now whether I would have had it without all of these factors in my life I am not sure but this is the road I'm on and I thought I would do my first episode about it because it is really is the thing that sparked me wanting to do a podcast. I mean, I've been wanting to do a podcast since I started my business because even though I'm a personal stylist and I help women in their closets and their clothes and feeling more confident in dressing the bodies they have now, there is so much more that I want to talk about and share. And I have a voice and I like to spread my opinion as my loved ones and friends know um, if you get to know me well. Um, you learn to appreciate that about me and you know it's I'm because it's coming from a place of love, um, but I can get pretty fired up in something that I believe in. If you are into Enneagrams, I am an Enneagram 8, which is called the Challenger, and it really fits me to a T. I love to challenge because I like to make impact and um, about things that I am passionate about in the world and in my own life. So I have like probably a list of 30 things already about episodes that I want to share with you guys. And it is really rooted around disruption, disrupting our own lives, 
disrupting the world, disrupting society, disrupting beliefs and thought processes and behaviors, and not disrupt in a bad way, disrupt in a good way. But when we are disrupted, it might feel a little bad at first because we're like, whoa, I'm uncomfortable. I don't like this feeling. I feel chaos. I feel lost. But usually this disruption is for a good thing. It's because we're changing and we're growing and we're expanding. And even though it feels really hard in the, in the moment, in the long run, we are going to appreciate it. And so I have gone through a lot of changes lately and I I'm currently feeling that chaos, that feeling of being lost, of not knowing what my goals are, where my life is going to be, knowing that I'm making some big shifts and changes in my life. And I want to share that with you guys because maybe you can relate or maybe you'll learn something along the way. I definitely don't have the answers, but I'm an open book and I am real and I'm authentic. Um, and I'm saying this because this is what, what are words people use to describe me. And I really have no filter. <laughs> and I have been feeling this deep need to take off my filter even more. Because as we all know, as we're operating in life and as we interact with other people, when we don't have a filter on, it can be hurtful to others. It can be hurtful to ourselves. We could say stuff we don't mean. We could just be ignorant about a topic and we're running our mouth for no reason. So, you know, as I've interacted with the world with no filter on, I've had to slowly put a filter on. And I don't, I don't regret it because I can be pretty intense. (laughs) And sometimes that intensity, depending on the person that is receiving it, may not read it the right way. And I don't want my intensity to be the thing that prevents others from hearing my message or hearing my voice or what I think might be impactful for them. So I have learned to put on a filter and temper it a bit, which I do think is a good thing. But, you know, because I'm a personal stylist doesn't mean all I want to talk about is style, though I'm passionate about my work and what I do and how I make impact in women's lives. There's I'm just I'm a dynamic human and I love to talk about other things. So Um, The first thing I guess I want to talk about is I think I'm in a midlife crisis. How do you know? I don't. I don't know. I might not be, but I know I'm going through a big shift, some big changes in my life. And really what spurred it on was my son leaving for college. I became a mom when I was 21. So I was pregnant when I was 20. I had him when I was 21 and I was still in university at the time. And I, I finished university and I got another degree eventually as well. And, you know, did all those things to provide security and predictability and um, the type of home that I wanted to provide for my child. Um, I was a single mom for a while, um, but my son is my everything. And I didn't lose myself. You know how sometimes you you hear other women, like, they give everything they have to their family and children. And yes, I gave a lot to my son. You know, all of my goals, all of the things that I did my in my life were for the goal of providing him with the type of life that I wanted him to have and the opportunities I want him to have and have security and predictability. Um, but I didn't lose myself. But this deep connection that you have with your child when you're kind of a child yourself is I can't even put it to words and for those who've had children when you were young I know you get it I know you get it because 
I mean, I was 21. I was just a baby pretty much. Like I didn't know how to adult on my own. I didn't know who I was. So when I was shaping my identity as an adult and, you know, moving away from my parents and finding my independence, I had to do it being responsible for another human being. So I felt so deeply connected with him and I still do. It was it's funny when I was pregnant with him, I was in denial. Let's just say I was 3 months pregnant before I finally took a pregnancy test. And uh yeah, I'm really good at compartmentalizing my feelings and and um and uh <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I mean obviously I was scared and I was anxious, but I felt this light, this happiness, this hope, this, I don't even know how to describe it. But, you know, looking back and this sounds totally woo and I'm starting to embrace the woo in my old age. If you don't know what the woo is, then, you know, look it up. <laughs> Google woo. <laughs> There'll be definitions. Um, I felt like our souls were aligned and that I was put on this earth to be this boy's mother. And, you know, giving birth to him was the most amazing moment of my life. And yeah, I, I'm sure you can hear the love that I have towards him. It is very, very deep. And so in uh, his grade 12 year, I was starting to prep myself because my son loves films. That was something that, that him and I shared together was watching movies that's how we spent our time back when Blockbuster was around. We would go every weekend and, you know, get four or five movies and watch them together. We went to the movie theater. I introduced him to all of the classics and my favorites. And it was something we really bonded with. And then as he got older, um, he wanted to make his own movies. And so my husband and I, he wasn't my husband at the time, we got him a Mac and some editing software so he can start to be creative and experiment. So I knew by the time he was going to grade 12 that I was going to lose him, that he was going to move away. He was not going to stick around. He was going to go after his his passion for film. And I knew it was not going to be in Quispamsis, New Brunswick in Atlantic, Canada. <laughs> And so I was already starting to prep myself, but nothing could truly prepare me for the shift and how I felt um, when he left. I'm still working through it. I don't know if you can tell, um, really trying really hard not to cry, um, which I often do when I talk about him. Um, so I still haven't completely adjusted yet, but I'm so much better than I used to be. But I... Um, you know, not only did I feel loss and a change and a shift in our relationship, but I just started to question me, myself. Who am I? Um, you know, I am still a mother. I still have an eight-year-old. Um, but it's one of those things, and I feel like I'm divided. Like, I have that emptiness syndrome um, that a lot of people might feel when their kids go off to college. But at the same time, I'm also divided because I still have a young one at home. And I can't just go off and do whatever the heck I want that I'm feeling called to do now that I've, you know, successfully put a, a, an adult and another human into the world who's operating on his own. And so I had this deep desire to really question, like, what life have I built? And is this the life I currently want? And that is, that is where this midlife crisis, you know, that's where part of it comes in. A lot of it has to do with some personal development and growth growing on. Uh, going on with me when you start your own business. But I think I will save that for another episode. So right now I more want to talk about this shift and um, what really, really 
was the catalyst to the shift was just asking myself, what is the life that I want now going forward with just my husband and my daughter and myself? And of course, my son is still in our lives, but, um, you know, he's off on his own now. And so what kind of life do I want to have? And I looked around, though I love the life that I've built and I don't regret any of it for a second, um, it's no longer exactly what I want. And so I had to really start asking myself, what is important to me? How do I want to spend the next 40 years of my life? Because I am 40. <laughs> um, and it's I start asking myself some hard questions and um, talking over with my husband. And I'm so fortunate. My husband, he's just like, whatever you want, honey, whatever you need. I'm just happy anywhere doing anything. And he's an entrepreneur as well. So we are very fortunate that we can both work from wherever we want. And um, it's just, you know, I need him, but I need to make sure he's on board, but he's just happy to go wherever our family is. That's what's most important to him. And um, he likes to adventure as well. And that's basically in a nutshell what I want. I want more adventures. So I took a look around my life and realized this isn't what's important to me anymore. And so right now where we're at, we're in a big house in a wonderful, you know, neighborhood on a safe street, just close to my daughter's school. We have great neighbors. Um, these are all great things and probably things that people would die to have and are on their goal list. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's not what we want anymore. And one of the things it has to do with money so when we bought this beautiful house that I absolutely adore, I was back in my old career and I used to be a clinical supervisor for preschoolers with autism. And I spent, you know, decades of education and experience and in, in this career. And I decided to walk away from it a few years ago. But back then I had a salary. <laughs> so when we bought this house, we were in a different place in our lives. And then, and then three years ago, I started my own business. And well, I don't know if you know this, but if you're a business owner, you know, you don't make money, probably in the first few years. I don't know, I haven't made money yet. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for that to happen. But my husband believes in me. I have amazing friends who believe in me. I'm trying to really believe in myself um, to know that eventually the money will come. But it has put us in a situation where we have a house that in an income that we can't support it anymore. And it's like, I don't want to live for a house and to pay bills. You know, if I'm looking at this next 40 years of my life, I want adventure. I want to travel. I want to experience life. I don't want things. I don't want furniture. I don't even need clothes. I mean, yes, I do. Okay. Okay, I'm being a little ridiculous, but you, you know what I mean. I don't want to just live to pay bills. And if I was to die a year from now, I don't want to look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I built my whole life around buying a house. Because it's a big investment of time and money, and it's not important to me anymore. So I have my husband on board. We are downsizing our house drastically in size, in stuff, and in cost. <laughs> so that is what is important to me for the next 40 years of my life. Now, yes, I still want to love my house. I still want to create a safe space, um, but it's not everything anymore. And it used to be everything. And I think it's because, well, that's what I was told what success was. 
and that's what I was told that we should strive for. But I've been in some contact with some pretty amazing humans. Um, and one of them, she just, as soon as I met her, I think, you know, she's a big catalyst for this as well. And she was a client of mine. She's a digital nomad. That means she doesn't have a home. She used to. She's in her 50s. She had a husband. She had kids. They've all moved on. She's separated from her husband. And now she just travels around the world working with, you know, she'll stay at friends' houses for a few months at a time. She gets to move and travel wherever she wants. Now, to me, that's the ultimate dream right now. But in reality, I have an eight-year-old. She needs school. I also question, should I homeschool to, to live this life? And I've questioned that and I've thought about it. I don't know if that's what I want to do either. So right now, I guess our priority is just downsizing our life, downsizing our expenses and cost and things, and deciding to put our time and money and effort into other things that matter to us, like travel or weekends away or going outdoors um, and hiking and exploring and all the other things that we're not able to do right now because we don't have the money. Um, everything is going to our bills. So this has been a huge change and um, it was something I really grappled with, but I feel so good about this decision right now. And other things that I'm, you know, I'm grappling with was, you know, two words for my, my two words of 2020. I don't know if you guys do this, but I choose words of the year to help guide me. This year, I actually chose two words and that one was simplify and one is and my second one is fun. So I am letting those two words guide me this year. I am working really hard at simplifying the amount of stuff we have in our lives, like clothes and shoes and kitchen stuff and old toys and just stuff that we are not using that really don't amplify our life right now and getting rid of it to simplify and I'm also just picking things and saying yes to opportunities that aren't complicating my life, that are simple, that are a simple hell yes, so that I am not feeling this pressure that I remember feeling before. And the other thing is fun. So I want to say yes to more fun this year. And so we are having this new adventure of selling our house and buying a new one and seeing where this next phase of our lives take us and I am excited for it but I have to admit I'm petrified at the same time and the other thing that I'm doing that I think falls in line with Simplify is really reducing our carbon footprint at home and in the world it's one thing that you know once in the society that we live it's fast and I want it to slow down because when we have this fast life, we need convenience in order to make it through our day to day. And when we need convenience, that requires plastic and packaging and all of these things that make our life easier so that we can live a faster life. But it's all non-consumable and it's non-biodegradable and we're putting strain on the world and the environment that we don't have solutions for yet. And so I'm asking myself, how can I lessen that footprint myself as Amanda and us as, um, as a family unit? And so we are really putting things in our life so that we can slow down in order and so that we don't need these things of convenience. Because I have to admit it, like a lot of the stuff that I do and that I have bought is because it was convenient. It saved me time. It saved me mental space. 
but what was I sacrificing for that? And is it worth it? And at this point in my life, it's not worth it anymore. So I want to find ways to slow us down more so that we don't have to have these things of convenience for our lives. So it's another journey I'm on during this, my version of a midlife crisis. And then there's so many other values and beliefs that are shifting within me as I've started my business and interacting with women and questioning the status quo and disrupting societal's ideals and norms. And that's really where I want to dig down deep in this podcast is I want to have conversations with women who are disrupting their lives or disrupting beliefs and societal norms. And so sometimes this podcast is going to be me and my little ramblings on a topic, or I'm going to have guests on and we're going to talk about one topic to get different points of views. I'll interview women to share their stories. And yeah, this is this is where I see this podcast going. My midlife crisis, it will probably come up in future episodes. But right now, I just want to give you a slow introduction to myself, um, what's going on in my head right now, where I want this podcast to go, and to welcome you. And thank you for being here. And if you are experiencing anything that I have been or questioning your life and your goals and where you want to go, I want you to know that you're not alone. I'm here with you. And everything you're feeling is normal. And the other thing I want to end with is to trust yourself. You know the answers. As long as you're true to yourself and you really listen and you honor your answers, everything will be all right. And you'll be able to reach any new goal, no no matter what version of yourself comes out on the other side. So that's it for episode one, my midlife crisis, my way. I hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to the Women Disrupted podcast. Make sure you check out the show notes for any additional information or links about today's episode or guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, then hit the subscribe button and make sure you get all the latest episodes. Also, if you feel that anyone could benefit from this episode, then please share it or give it a review. The Women Disrupted podcast is sponsored by Simply Stylish Inc. and produced by James Higgins Productions. Stay disrupted, ladies.